Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Soul Talk. It's Coot here. Welcome back to another week, another very special episode. I just wanted to do a a very special introduction and uh, welcome you to the Soul Talk podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Soul Talk family. Looking forward to adding as much value to your life. If you've been a Pillar listener, thank you for your, for your loyalty and tuning in and sharing the Soul Talk podcast with your friends, family, and community. Uh, today's episode is one of a series of special episodes. You see, uh, over the last couple of years, I was privileged to do a very special online event for a few years in a row called the Secret to Success Summit. It was huge online. I brought on many of my friends, people like Jack Canfield, John Gray, uh, Lisa Nichols, Barbara DeAngelis, um, Rhonda Britton, Larry King, LeVar Burton, experts in their field. And I, and, and I always had the question of, you know, what is success? And I've, I really believe that in order to open a lock, you need the right key. In regular school, I feel as though we aren't taught about how to succeed in life itself, and life doesn't come with a manual. So I asked myself the question, what if there was a school where you could learn from the world's greatest experts on success? And so I brought many of my friends on, and I got to pick their brains and ask questions about their time-tested practical strategies to accelerate success and their best practices. And it was a, a huge success. We had tens of thousands of people that tuned in from all over the world, and that became known uh, all over the world. And so what I wanted to do as a bonus, really, to the Soul Talk podcast experience was some of these interviews were so precious and amazing that I just felt uh, I had to share as a bonus some of these interviews with you. So today's episode is a pre-recorded episode from the Secret to Success Summit, where the world's most inspiring visionaries reveal their secrets to success, happiness, and living the true life's purpose. So it's a bonus. Enjoy it. Please definitely let me know uh, your experience and your takeaways from today's episode from the Secret to Success Summit. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Secret to Success Summit Success School. As you know, it's a unique seven-day free online event. I'm gathering some of the world's foremost experts in the areas of health, relationship, money, spirituality, love, sex, business, to teach you their best practices and share insights and share some of their secrets to success and uh, give you the tools to fulfill your true potential. It's been an amazing uh, seven days up until this point. I've had the pleasure of interviewing everyone from LeVar Burton, uh, personal growth visionaries, Barbara DeAngelis, Lisa Nichols, John Gray, Marion Williamson, and many, many more. And today is no exception. I am really honored and thrilled to introduce my very special guest as a part of this year's 2016 Summit 
Uh, he's a, a legend, been a big inspiration for me over the years. As a kid, I would uh, watch many of his shows and interviews and uh, been very inspired. He's won Emmys, Peabody's, a media innovator. Uh, he's interviewed, gosh, 50,000-plus people. Uh, he's a legend, and uh, I want to welcome Mr. Larry King to the Secret to Success Summit 2016. Larry, well, thank you, Coot. Thank you, Coot. I'm happy to be with you or to share any any thoughts or secrets that I may have. Awesome, man. <laughs> uh, it's really great having you. I used to watch you. I, was a, I grew up in London, and I used to watch you as a kid uh, pretty much daily, and uh, you inspired me a lot. So it's great mm. having you on the on, on Thank you. It's great to hear. Summit. Um, how did you know, Larry, that you wanted to go into this field in terms of broadcasting? I think there's a lot of people that are listening in today that are maybe inquiring into how do I find my life purpose? How do I know what my gifts well, are? How, how, how did you know and how, how can people find what their life purpose is? You know, how can well, they, in, my uh, case, Good, in my case, might be a little unusual in that when I was five years old, I wanted to be on the radio. I would listen to radio programs and uh, imitate the radio announcers. I would hear someone say, a tale well calculated to keep you in the suspense. And then I would go into the bathroom and repeat what he said. And I would say, this is CBS. And then I, I kept growing up. My father died when I was nine. I continued to just yearn to be on the radio when I was a teenager. I would go into Manhattan and visit radio shows. I, When I was a young man and I had to go to work, I couldn't go to college because I had help my mother because she didn't have anyone at home to help her. So I would... Uh, visit uh, radio stations and pretend I worked there. I'd go up mm. uh, to the 12th floor of the station and tell the elevator operator, you know, I'm heading down to the lobby. Well, I just wanted nothing else. And then one day um, on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, a friend introduced me to James Sermons, who was head of announcers at CBS. And I told him, you know, I've always wanted to be an announcer. I've never spoken in front of a microphone. It's just a dream. And he said, well, one give Miami a try, and my uncle had a was a widower, and uh, he had an apartment in Miami, and he said, you could stay with me. And I went down, knocked on a bunch of doors, and one small radio station liked what I sounded like, and they hired me, and on May 1st, 1957, I went on the air with a little disc jockey show and sports and news and all the things you do when you're breaking in. <laughs> and the, rest, the rest was history, and that was... Uh, 59 years ago. 59 years ago. How much do you feel in in your career and in the trajectory of, of success, screen success, how much does luck play a part in success? How much is uh, destiny? How much is hustle and hard work? Uh, what do you feel about I think that? It, I think it's all the above. Um, luck certainly plays a part. Paul Newman told me once that anyone who's successful who doesn't use the word luck is a liar. Uh, luck plays. What if I didn't walk on Fifth Avenue that day? What if I didn't meet James Sermons? On the other hand, Branch Rickey, the great baseball general manager, said, "Luck is the residue of design, meaning you make your luck." Yeah. Uh, I, if I didn't, well, if I weren't on Fifth Avenue that day, I would have been on Sixth Avenue another day. Another thing would have happened, and it was Rickey's contention that I would have been successful if I didn't run into. James Sermons on Fifth Avenue that day. One never knows. 
So I think it, I, I, I don't believe in a higher being. I don't believe there's anyone watching over me. Uh, I'm, I believe you, you're born and you die and, uh, you make the most of your life. It, that's probably the Judaism teaching in me is we don't know if there's somebody else, but live a good life and take the chances. So I, 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 I think it was destiny, luck, talent. I don't know where talent came from, but I knew this. I knew this. I knew that I had drive. I knew that I wanted. I didn't want fame. I didn't want money. I wanted to communicate. I wanted to be a broadcaster. Fame or money or all those actor humans, they come as a sideline. I have always loved what I do. I, I never say I'm going to work. I'm either going to CNN or I'm going to Aura TV or I'm going to do my podcast or I'm going to write a column. But I never say work. It's not The last time I worked was in New York City when I was 23 years old. I worked for United Postal Service delivering packages. That's the last time I worked. I have not worked in 59 years. So you love what you do. I mean, I absolutely you, you, love it. it what, what is the drive? You said you have drive. What, what, what was the drive? I mean, you mine, mine is curiosity. Uh, I, am, I, am, I found the perfect vehicle for me. I, I think I'd have been a comedian if I wasn't doing this because I like to make people laugh, and I do a lot of speaking. <laughs> I speak all of speaking in Istanbul next week, uh, and I always do funny. I tell funny stories. I like to make people laugh. I, I have a sense of humor. I know how to communicate. I understand pace. I knew all that, but, but that drive was curiosity. I always want to know what's going on, who's thinking what, who's saying what, uh, why are they doing this. I'm the kind of person you don't want to sit next to on an airplane. <laughs> I, I drive people nuts. Uh, so what I've taken is that insatiable quest for not when, when, when we were kids and we go to, to an athletic event, uh, all my friends wanted autographs. I always wanted to ask questions. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? So the natural transformation for me is I had a good voice. I love broadcasting. I love radio. I love television. I love writing. I love communicating. So the natural transition for me from that desire to take that curiosity and bring it to the air. And I have, I still have insatiable curiosity. Mm, still, after all these years, like I read there was like 50,000 interviews, you're still yeah. curious. All I know, Bertrand Russell, the great philosopher, a Nobel Prize winner, when he was 95 years old, was at a dinner, and someone said to him, Dr. Russell, with all your knowledge and all your years, what do you know? And he said, all I know is that I don't know. <laughs> and that that lives with me today. I don't know. I I never went on the air with an agenda. I don't presume. I I don't know more about law than a lawyer. I don't know more about medicine than a doctor. I don't know more about politics than a politician. I don't know more about athletes and athletics than an athlete. I don't know more about music than a composer. And I'm aware of that. So my curiosity is endless. Mm -hmm. I have had a lifetime mm -hmm. education by doing what I do. Mm -hmm. Inspiring. And Inspiring. the secret of it is, to stay yes. never, if you wanted the best secret of all, and this would Please. hold any profession, 
Uh, Arthur Godfrey, the great American broadcaster, told me this once. The only secret in the business of communications is there's no secret. Be yourself. Mm. Be yourself. Don't try to be someone else. Don't try to imitate someone else. Be yourself. The public, If the public accepts you, they will accept you. If they don't accept you, you can't grab them by the throat and say, like me. You can't make someone like you. All that is ethereal. It, it, it happens. You have some ability. People respond to it. It works for you. So the secret is no secret. Be yourself. And I'll bet that works in a lot of industries. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a real important key. You know, what would you say to someone, Mary, who they're listening in and they're not sure what their gift is? They they didn't have the insatiable drive and curiosity, and and they didn't want to be a broadcast. There wasn't innate in them, but they, you know, they're feeling there's something. What, what like what? What's the first step they could take to really finding out what their gift is, what their life purpose is? Is, is this advice you not, can give to that person? I'm not wise enough to have the answer to that. I, I, I really don't know, you know, because in my case, it was like, for example, um, uh, I smoked for 30 years and uh, I had a heart attack and I stopped smoking the day of the heart attack and never wanted one again. I didn't chew gum. I didn't take any medication. <clears throat> But I don't know the so when people tell me uh, I'll speak at medical conferences and they'll say, yes. "How did you stop?" I stopped because an event made me stop—a heart attack. Right. Uh, okay, that event prompted me to stop. But how how I did it, I don't know. I just maybe fear. <laughs> so I don't know how to respond to that. Uh, how to help someone find what they don't know if they can't grasp it. Well, certainly, today in today's world, absolutely get an education. Mm. Absolutely, that that wasn't true when I was starting. Now you got to go to college, mm. and you got to learn modern implements. You got to learn the modern techniques of transmission, and then to find out what you. I think most people uh, know what they want, uh, know or some idea of what they want. You don't. You don't. You're going to be a doctor, you know you want to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer, you know you want the law. Mm. If you don't have any specific, I would I would guess try things. Um, get a job somewhere in doing something that has some appeal to you. Maybe you like selling things, you know, mm. but some people don't even realize they have a talent for that. Because basically when you sell things, you're selling yourself. So if you're good at, at that, get a job in sales. Uh, maybe you like advertising. Uh, the, the best thing is go to an industry you have some interest in and take any job, any job, cleaning up the floors. Get in. Once you get in, you can get on. Once you get in, you get to know the people. You get to rise with the company. You learn it from the ground up. So don't be afraid to take menial tasks, by the way. Menial tasks mm. lead to better tasks. And mm. ab ab above all, don't be, don't be afraid of failure. Everyone has little failures. No one goes through life without failure. In fact, you can't know accomplishment without knowing failure. Uh, mm. don't, be, don't be afraid. Life has lots of challenges. Don't be afraid. I can't Give someone self-confidence. 
Uh, I don't know where it comes from, but I I know as as a tip is the never give up. If you give up, you can't win. If you say I can't, you can't. Mm. No, like uh, uh, Jackie Gleason told me once. If you think you have clout, you have clout. If you think you don't have clout, even if you have clout, you don't have clout. <laughs> you perceive yourself. It's an inner drive that only you can bring to you. Mm. Mm. Right on. You talked about not giving up, Larry. Was there, uh, I'm sure there were, was there a moment where you felt like giving up? I mean, you oh, were, never felt like giving up. I lost, I lost my never. job once. I was on a radio station. They changed formats. Uh, they went to a completely different format. I was out of work. But I always knew that I had talent, uh, that I loved what I did, uh, and that I had that drive, and that I would get it back. And I got so I was never, I was down but not out. I was I, mean, those fighter, down I was the fighter taking an eight count and getting back up. I always knew I'd get back up. So yes, I was down, and yes, I was uh, uh, sad, but I knew I'd get back up. I just knew it by hook or crook or some way I would get back. I just What did had, you do in those in those down moments, Larry? What how did you keep yourself motivated to, to keep I, I went and wrote an article for Sport magazine. Uh mm. I interviewed uh Joe Namath, the great quarterback, and did an article for them. I went to work for a short period of time at a racetrack announcing horse racing. And then I got back in. Uh, but I, I went out. I had to do something. But it was always uh, in a field. In the field, I knew about. I didn't take another. I didn't go astray. And I, I persevered. Um, you know, getting up. By the way, getting there is a lot more fun than being there. Uh, the climb is better than the top. Uh, the chase is better than the catch. Oh, I love the. I love. I love the chase. I love the. What, that's why what do you I love always, about the Oh, the the action of of trying to get there. It's the, it's like in romance. Uh, when you're courting someone, you do anything, right? I mean, yeah, you do anything. The <laughs> flowers to the to the. If they don't call you back, you're upset. And, and then after a while, things. The reason that marriages go down is that life becomes a commonplace. And what you want again in your life is the chase. Yes. The chase is more fun than the catch. Mm. Oh, my God. Climbing the mountain is better than the top of the mountain. You know, you reach the top, okay, this is it. But to, to make it and then, then to keep on one. So, in other words, like, all right, I left cable TV, CNN, and I parted ways. I, I thought I could retire. I couldn't. So I I hooked up with Carlos Slim, and we formed Aura.TV. And then I wound up doing a podcast, and I do politicking for the RT Network. So now I'm on Internet. So I, I was on radio. I was on television. I was on cable. I was on satellite. And now I'm on the Internet. So I'm always open to new ideas. I'm always trying yes. to do new things. And, and at the base of it... Um, I I can't explain a lot of this, but it's mm. it's very hard to put into words. But if you if you're listening and you have it, 
you know you haven't. And now go for it. The best advice I give anyone is go for it. Don't don't hold. Don't say well. I if you say well, I can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> if you want to be a writer, write. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to, if you want to do, if you want to uh, uh, be an auto salesman, go to a go to a, an auto dealer and get a job and sweep up floors and sell cars. Mm-hmm. Go out and do it. Everybody sits home writing the great book. As Woody Allen said, the secret to success is showing up. Yes. <laughs> Get off the porch. Don't dream, do. You know, one thing I've seen that stops people, Larry, is, is in my field, is we're often afraid of what people will say. We're afraid of being criticized. We're afraid of people's judgments. And I see so many talented people uh, that let that stop them, you know, other people's perception. So here I see you, you've been on TV every day, you've, you've been doing radio, you're in the public eye, you obviously have to deal with millions, and the, the whole world is watching you, right? So you're going to have to deal with millions of people's perceptions and judgments. Right. And, and some, some are like not going to like you. you can't. How, how do you deal with that? How do you I, I, that never bothered me. I understood it completely. I don't like things. I watch people I don't like and some people I like, so I can't expect that everyone's going to like me. I was never afraid of criticism. I, I never... No one likes to be criticized, but never afraid of it. I, I would never let it stop me. If if you know what you're doing is from your heart and you know you're good, someone can't tell you you're not good. Now, people can help you if they say, listen, try this way the next time, or maybe you should do it this way, or I would read this passage a little differently. That's a critique. That helps yes. use good criticism. If you get good criticism, if you have a mentor, use that. My God, anyone who wants to help you, take the help. Don't begrudge help. If someone just knocks you or wraps you, let it go. There are usually people who, critics are people who don't have the same talent you do. So they, they feed off your talent in either a critical manner, and mostly people like to criticize. I don't know why that is. I don't know why people like to see other people unhappy. That always bothered me. I was never that way. I was never a gossiper. I don't like small talk. I don't like to hear bad things about other people. I I I go forward. I don't go backward. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're talking about success, Larry, and you've shared some, some really key insights so far. I'm curious, based on... Your, your life's journey, you've seen a lot. Where you are today, and uh, what is success to you? How would you define success for you, where you are today? Well, there's all kinds of, there's various degrees of success. I have been unsuccessful until the last one in marriage uh, because I put work ahead of marriage, and uh, so relationships fail for me. Because, so I was unsuccessful in that area of my life until my current wife, and that's been 19, 18 and a half years, and two children. So I, there, are, so there are areas of success. I've been successful professionally, and you. By, by the way, sometimes you pay a price to be successful in one area, 
because you lose the other, the, you lose a price in other areas. So someone, there could be someone who, for example, let's say drives a bus, mm-hmm. and he's driven the bus for thirty years. He knows how to drive a bus. He gets a pension. He makes a good income, and he's been happily married for thirty years. He is as successful as I am, just in another area. Mm. So there are areas of success, degrees of success. A doctor may perform a very successful operation, but he didn't go home that night, and his wife is lonely. Mm. So you, you give up things for other things. I define, in my area, success was that I succeeded in the profession I chose to enter beyond my wildest dreams. All I wanted to do was be on the radio. That's all I wanted to be. So I succeeded beyond my wildest dreams. In other areas of my life, I did not succeed. But so I look at my professional success very highly. I've become a better father the older I am than I was when I was a younger father because I was running around too much and jumping around doing three jobs and just making it, making it, making it at the expense of other things. Success is hard to define. Other people look at financial success. Is that the way to success? Make more money. I have a best friend who is financially fantastically well off. Hmm. And uh, he he has made much more. He ever dreamed of making. He he makes money like it's just it flies off him. He just knows how to make money. Hmm. But he has a son who's in a prison for drug addiction. He has a uh, fiance who's about to leave him. Hmm. He is enormously successful. But another thing is we look at people. And a lot of people think it's better on the other side of the fence. Mm. It isn't. Mm. Take care of your own side of the fence. There was a famous poem years ago. I think the name was Blackstone. Uh, but the poem went, uh, uh, we, we, we all admired Mr. Blackstone. He was the wealthiest man in town. And he lived in the biggest house and he was always kind to all the neighbors, and he pinched the cheeks of the children. And he had a beautiful wife and a wonderful car, <laughs> and he owned the biggest company. And we all wanted to be Mr. Blackstone. We loved the way he looked and the way he walked and the way he greeted people and how handsome he was and how elegant and how kind and how happy he always seemed. And then one Saturday night, Mr. Blackstone went home and put a bullet in his head. What we know and what we don't know, what we perceive and what we... So the grass isn't greener on the other side. Mm. Success is in your mind. If you are happy, if you think you are successful, you are successful. (laughs) Uh, It's it's your own realm. If your goal was to be a millionaire and you only have $20,000, you failed in your goal, you were unsuccessful. So success is relative. It is yes. what you what what you want to make of it. Your you know your own success. Mm. Mm. You talk about it's, it's, it, we often think it's better on the other side. I think it's a key point because so often we're constantly chasing and we think, oh, well, I, if I was 
Larry King, if I was Oprah, if I was that person, I, then I'd be successful. You've, you're someone that you've, you know, you, you've been to the top of the mountain. You, you've, you, you've been there. Looking back, you know, what, what are some of the, maybe, you, you mentioned a few of them, but what, what are some more maybe of the misconceptions that, we, that people might have, that you may have had, about what would happen once you got to the top of the mountain, what, what the misconceptions in terms of uh, what would happen when you were successful? Can you share about that? Well, uh, uh, it's just as hard to stay there as getting there. Um, mm. When you get there, they, it's easy to take pot shots at you. You know that a lot of people would like to be doing what you're doing or would like to have your job, and they will not have it if they go around thinking they want to have your job rather than striving for themselves. Uh, I don't prejudge people, so I, I, I've i been fortunate uh, to uh, have interviewed some of the greatest people that ever walked the earth. What a blessing that has been for me. Um, yes. I, I, when, when you walk, when I get to walk with giants, um, some of it even rubs off a little, you know, but when you, you can spend time with, uh, with seven or eight United States presidents or, or spend hours with Marlon Brando or Al Pacino or mm. famous doctors or lawyers or, or, or spend time with Nelson Mandela or, or Martin Luther King, or Malcolm X, or I—that's that's profound to me. And I'll tell you—I'll tell you something very truthfully. Hmm. I pinch myself every day. I wow. uh, was a kid. We had no money when my father died. New York City bought my first pair of glasses. We were on relief as kids. I was very poor. Uh, we, uh, New York City paid three quarters of our rent. My mother couldn't go to work because I had a younger, wow. had a younger brother. So I overcame all that. But I, mm -hmm. so because of that, I never forget when I was poor. I pinch myself every day. I'm very aware that luck played a part in it. I'm mm -hmm. very aware that I was at the right place at the right time. I was lucky that, that people like Ted Turner liked me. Hmm. And he hired me for hmm. CNN, and he was ready. He, was, he had another girl doing that job, and he wanted to, to drop her. What if he didn't want to drop her? <laughs> right, so, right. Uh, he had to like me. So all those things had to happen in a world I couldn't control. I realized I can't control everything. It's a. And then, you know, as John Kennedy said, this you can't. Life isn't fair. Uh, that's true. Life is not fair. Um, mm. one guy gets cancer, another guy doesn't. Uh, mm. Right? Hey. Yes. It's a it's a roll of the dice. Um, and you have to understand and accept that in life. My father died when he was 46. I'm 82. Mm. I had a heart attack. He died of a heart attack. But when I was alive, and when I had my heart attack, there were modern medicines that saved me, mm. that weren't there for him. Mm. Uh, I think about things like uh, the future when I'm not going to be here. I think about uh, global mm. warming and what's mm. happening. I care about my environment. I care about society. I know that my kids are probably going to both live to be over 100. What are they going to do when they're 90? <laughs> what 
What are you, will there be work? What, what, what will keep them moving? Can we cure Alzheimer's? These are things right. that just just drive me, and I care about it. I I worry about it, and um, I. I what most excite? What most excites you, Larry? When you look at the world and where the world is. I'm excited by yeah. the little developments that work. I'm excited that uh, we can. Uh, we came up with antibiotics or we mm. came up with uh, concepts that can lower cholesterol or that we can have bypass. Or I interviewed uh, Christian Barnard, who was the first one to ever do a heart transplant. Mm. I mean, those are unbelievable things that that we think of. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. And like my cardiologist said, that someday... Not too far away. They're going to, if you have the gene for heart disease, mm. they will splice that gene out. Or the gene for cancer, and they'll have a vaccine mm. or something. That you're going to live a lot longer than you ever expected to live. That will create problems as well. <laughs> I mean, think about all. Oh, so that excites me, and also I want to. I'd love not to die. Most people say it's, you, you're happy when you're near the. I don't want to die. You I would love like, not to. I well, would like to live forever. I, really? I'm too, I'm too curious to die. <laughs> if I die, who, who's going to win the pennant? Who's going to be the next president? What's going to be discovered tomorrow? Well, I, I don't. I don't. I, no, I don't believe there's an afterlife. I don't believe I'm going anywhere. So, no, I want to hang around. Uh, I said to my wife, I think I'd like to be frozen. And like then frozen. when they wow. discover the disease, they unfreeze me. And she wow. said, but you you won't know anybody. I said, well, I'll make new friends. Larry, <laughs> <laughs> you're like a kid. I mean, this is like a beautiful oh, kid spirit. That's it. I'm a it's kid. Amazing. I I I never lost the kid in me. I, I, wow. I'm... I'll tell you the truth. In my heart, I'm 22 years old. <laughs> I wonder what I'm going to be when I grow up. I have never lost that that innocence, if it's called that, or that wonderment, or that. How, Larry? How? How? You know, life is hard. There's heartbreak. There's pain. There's failures. How do you manage? I mean, how did you manage to not lose that? I mean, it's so hard well, for people. People get cynical and jaded. And no, I, I, I don't get cynical. I don't get jaded. Um, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a, a babbling optimist. Uh, yes. There's a lot of pessimism in me. I see a lot of things in the world that just drive me nuts. Racism. I can't. It's beyond me how anyone could be a racist. How mm. people could think people are better than other people. Uh, I'm. Oh, I have lots of things that that bug me. How did Hitler exist? And mm. well, well, why why do people kill people? And it's just mm. there are annoyances in me. But my optimism is that in the human spirit or whatever that quality is that drives the human being it's 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 fascinating to me how I've interviewed uh, brain surgeons and how the brain works and think about all the things going on in your body at one time 
all the the flow of the blood and the, the, yeah. the chemicals in the brain and you know that you have cells that are dying and growing all at the same time what what's what stirs cancer what what makes one cell attack another I want to be around when they discover those things <laughs> of why those things happen so I'm sad about cancer and I'm optimistic that we're going to lick it but I want to be around to see it <laughs> mm. that's exciting you know they they say that the the person who will live a thousand years Larry the first person that's going to live a thousand years is actually alive right now and I, I actually think it might be you. So I'm, exci- I'm, I'm excited. There's possibility. There's possibility. Well, I'll tell you. I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> you talked about you walk with giants, Larry, and you mentioned Martin Luther Kings of the world, and, and it's quite inspiring some of the people you've interviewed, you know. And I'm curious, what was, what was, or was there an interview? That impact shook you, impacted you the most. Of all the interviews you, you 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 did, what was the one that impacted you the most, and why? And what did you learn from? Well, there were so many. I, I think I've interviewed close to sixty thousand people, and uh, I've even forgotten sometimes. I'll meet people, and they'll tell me I interviewed them, and I don't remember. Uh, memory loss, short-term memory loss, drives me nuts too, because you got a lot of that when you get older. Um, mm. Well, we could go back to uh, what I learned from from, uh, from interviews of Malcolm X. Yes. Uh, taught me. He made me think about race in a different way. Uh, I was very young when I interviewed him. I was 23. And uh, he said to me, what do you think it's like to uh, never see yourself on television? Except as a as a slave or a waiter, mm. what is it like to never see your kids in a commercial for cereal? Mm. What's it like that there is no black Santa Claus? Mm. What is it like, do you think, to be invisible? He made me really think about how deep that goes and what it must be like to walk in another man's shoes. And so that stirred me to walk in other people's shoes, to think of what it must be like to be an American Indian, what it must be like to be a refugee, what it must be like to not have those things in life that other people uh, take for granted. So Malcolm X made an impression. Nelson Mandela was uh, one of the great figures, I think the greatest figure of the 20th century. Uh, He was an extraordinary uh, person to interview a man who spent 26 years in prison. Yes. And who gets, I I not only interviewed him three times, but I had lunch with him in South Africa. I was on a speaking tour in South Africa. And I had lunch with Mandela and dinner with the clerk, the man who freed him. So in the same day, me, this little Jewish boy from Brooklyn who just wanted to be on the radio, is spending the afternoon with Mandela and the evening with the clerk. Or how about interviewing at the same time Yasser Arafat, Yitzhak Rabin, and King Hussein of Jordan, having all three on at the same time, and Henry Kissinger telling me, you're doing diplomacy. 
oh my God, what impacts that had on me. Or Frank Sinatra telling me about how he learned to phrase music. Or I, I, there's been so many of these things in my life that I absorbed asking, just by asking questions. And I just, uh, I don't know how to take it any further than that, but everyone I've interviewed has taught me something. And some some have been just larger larger than life. And, uh, I'm curious, when you met with Mandela, he's yeah. always been a hero of mine and I know a hero for a lot of people in life. What, what was the one or two things that you really were struck by or... Or that impacted your life personally from your his enormous his enormous capacity for forgiveness. A lot of people talk about the Christian world is based on forgiveness, but a lot of people yeah. talk it without practicing it. Nelson Mandela from prison after twenty six years mm. is invited by the clerk to fly from Cape Town to Johannesburg to address the legislature declines, walks out of prison or walks across the plank into the city of Cape Town and just walks among the people. When he is elected its president, he invites to his inauguration the guards in the prison. Deep, that's deep. The people who guarded him and sometimes tortured him and sometimes denied things to him, he invited to his inauguration. Now, when you can step that large to be that forgiving, to have that compassion, what an, what an effect that that would have. And I, I'm sure that transmitted to the world. They saw it in yeah. Mandela. They saw it in his, yeah. his kindness. Dr. King was, I'll tell you about an event I had with Dr. King. Dr. King was uh, going to integrate a motel in Tallahassee, Florida. And his lawyer wasn't licensed to practice in Florida. So he had my, they contacted my lawyer to represent him that day. And my lawyer invited me to go along. So I went mm up to Tallahassee from Miami and Dr. King was there. I, I had interviewed him so he knew me and uh, so we walking into this motel a lot of people behind us and the clerk comes out and says uh, yes and he says I'm Dr. King I have a reservation and the clerk said we don't take Negroes so Dr. King went out and he sat in the front of the motel it was a motel of about 30 rooms and blocking the entrance. So he's going to be arrested for blocking the entrance to a public building. Mm. And uh, the squad cars come in and the people are all gathered around. And he's sitting on the steps and I'm standing next to him along with the lawyer and other people. And the owner of the motel comes out and says to him, mm. Dr. King, what do you want? What? Do you want? The king looked up, stared at him, and said, "My dignity." And <laughs> I froze, and everyone standing there froze. What a simple declarative statement! My 
perfect mm. dignity. Well, those are things that um, went through yeah. my uh, veins in my life, and uh, yeah. those are things you never forget. Wow. Amazing. How do you manage to juggle it all, <clears throat> Larry? You know, you have a wife, kids. Oh, I like the, I love the juggling. Online. is fun. The juggling is fun. How, how, I do my how? show every day. Well, I do a show with my wife. I do a podcast with her. We have a lot of laughs together. The children are both athletes, and so I revel in their athleticism. They're both baseball players. Uh, my grown children, uh, Andy works at the University of Florida in, in Tallahassee, in Gainesville, Florida. My daughter works with animals, animal shelter in the YSPCA. Uh, my other son is, uh, they're all well-grown. Uh, my other son runs a, a country club, golf and country club in Tampa, Florida. And my two boys here are, are in high school. And they're athletes. I married a woman much younger than I. Mm. And uh, uh, I, I juggle it pretty good. I get to go see their games. I, uh, I, I hate traveling, but I like being there. So I like I have to speak uh -huh. in Istanbul next week. I don't want to fly 14 hours. But once I'm there, I love speaking. Uh, I keep, I keep, I think busy keeps you going. I, I don't know. I asked Milton Berle once if was he going to retire? And he said, retire to what? I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't know what I would do. So I, my business is part of me. You know what I wish I would have? I wish I didn't have to sleep. Um, you wish it? <laughs> yeah, I wish I didn't have to sleep. If I didn't have the need for sleep, I would learn a lot more. I would read more books. I would experience more of life. So uh, I know that health-wise you have to sleep. And your body yes. needs to rest. But if I didn't have that need, it wouldn't bother me. What, 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 what are your goals? Like, let's say, if you look in the next 10, 20, uh, <laughs> 20 years ahead in the future, what, what's, what's, what does Larry King not achieve? That you go, wow, this is still a dream for me. That's like asking an 80, like, hey, you're asking an 82-year-old man, will I sign a 30-year mortgage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are my dreams? Um well, professionally, I have uh, accomplished everything I want to do. I think I'd like to do – I did a lot of stand-up comedy. I did a comedy tour last year. I think I'd like to be on a, a New York stage and do an evening with Larry King in theater. My nephew is a, is a, is a theatrical producer, and he might put that together so that maybe next fall I will do that for a month to go on the stage every night and tell stories. I, I love doing that. I love mingling with people. So that would that would be a wish. I've done everything else professionally I've ever wanted to. Is there anything that, that scares been, you? No, 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 anything? no. I've, I've been in 22 movies. I've written mm. 14 books. I don't, I'm never afraid of standing in front of an audience, which is a common fear people have, because I know the stories I'm going to tell. Mm. I know many of them are funny, and I have confidence in myself. So uh, I, and by the way, I control that. Uh, one thing as a broadcaster, when that light went on, I controlled it. So when I go on stage and there's a thousand people sitting there and you have the confidence to know that you're going to be now, you're not as funny all the time, every time, but you've got enough experience. You've had enough time doing this that it's always fun to stand up there and do that. And so I'd like to do it in the, in the place of my birth, New York, in a New York theater, 
that would be a wish. Uh, I'd love to get old enough to see my kids play professional baseball. You know, they're both good enough, but there's a lot of breaks there. There's luck involved in that, too. And uh, so I hope I hope to see them play professionally and to be happy. I want them to be, you know, I my older kids have, they, they're established already, but the two teenagers, it's a tough time to be a teenage boy. And uh, with all the things you have, with all the social media and all the things around you, must be awfully hard. It might be hard to be sons of someone well-known, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it is. We never talk about that much. I think a harder part for them is is my age. You know, they're they're going to be 17 and 16. They know their father's 82. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I know they they must think that I'm I'm not going to be here forever, and um, they must think about that. Their mother's much younger, um, and I think about that. I that that I mean I I I wish I were younger. <laughs> Because uh, I'd like to see them, you know. I wonder what the, what's going to be like for them, what life is going to be like for them. And there's so many things I'm curious about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, what? What? You talked about, you know, them being uh, children of someone famous, and I was thinking about fame. And I'm curious, what keeps you grounded? I mean, you're world famous. Um, oh, because I never I, forget where I, I, no, I never forget where I came from. That keeps me grounded. I, you know, I mean, I'll sit in limousines, but I know I, I, I'm not a limousine guy. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm driven in limousines, but I'm not a limousine guy. I'm a car guy. I like to drive the car. I, um, uh, every time I walk into a suite in a hotel, you know, I'm always put in suites. I still take a breath. I still say, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> or a private plane. What am I doing in a private plane? So I, I keep I keep grounded knowing that I, I had the gift of curiosity and the gift of a voice and the gift to use that. And I did use my gift. So I'm proud of what I did with my gift. But I also know that I came from very humble beginnings. I never forget, you know, my father's passing away. My mother lived, she lived to 76. She got to see me acclaim mm-hmm. some success in Miami, but she never saw national success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a brother who's who's done well. He's a retired attorney, and he's in Florida and New York. So I'm very mm-hmm. proud of him. Uh, but I, I just, I, I don't think I... Ever forgot my roots? I I yeah. never forgot where I came from. I never forgot them. Mm, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Needs to be balanced. Yeah, really, it feels that way. It really feels that way. A few final things. There are a few final things to ask you. Sure. Really, if you shared a lot, and there's only two things I want to just just kind of wrap up with here is if there were three of the most important, like if you could distill most important life lessons that you would pass on to your kids and if, if like if you could pass these three keys to your kids for the rest of their lives that you've learned that they could take with them into their future and pass on to their grandkids I'm curious what those three pearls would be always tell the truth because you never have to remember anything <laughs> always tell the truth you never have to remember anything Never give up. 
no matter what life does to you, no matter how it may chop you down and how you get you get blocks thrown in your path, keep keep going. Mm. And number three, well, this is a selfish one. Yes. Never forget your parents. Uh, Never forget uh, that people made it possible for you Mm. to have a life you've lived. And uh, so those those three things, uh, they're not uh, earth-shaking. They're not not momentous. But if you're honest and you never give up and you never forget where you came from or the parents who made it possible for you, you're going to do all right. If you're a ball yeah. player or a plumber or whatever you do, you've done all right, Larry. That's that's for sure. Oh, it's thank been you. really uh, profoundly inspiring. You know, I, I grew up as a kind of poor kid in London. My father was a minister, and I grew up in a tiny apartment. And one of the things I would do is uh, I'd switch on CNN and watch the Larry King show, and uh-huh. see you interviewing people. And it would it would honestly, Larry, it would take me out of my reality into other worlds. So it's a real honor, pleasure, and a dream to interview you and share, you know, just share you with my community of thousands of people listening in. One thing, final thing, Larry, before before I let you go, you've been so generous with your, your sharing, your wisdom, your heart. I feel your authenticity just shining through this call. Uh, one thing I'm asking each of the guests to do as we wrap up is, is I really want people to apply what you're saying in their lives so it's not simply information because there's so much great information there. Is there one, let's say, uh, if you were to assign a homework assignment, if this were a class and you were to assign a homework assignment to those listening in as the one immediate action step that they could take as a result of this interview uh, to further their success, further their their growth, what, what what's one thing you could uh, challenge the listeners to do? Uh, play the tape of this interview <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. listen to it and uh, write down, if you have some goals, write them down. Uh, it's a good idea. I keep lists in my head, but it's a good idea to write things down of, of what you think you'd like to do in life. Uh, set goals for yourself. And I, as I keep repeating this, uh, never give up. Make that instilled as a part of your, your veins, as a part of your inner being. Never give up. Forge forward. Uh, I'm I'm 82. I'm doing a podcast with my wife. I'm doing the internet every day. I'm doing politicking on RT. I'm doing speaking around the world because I never gave up. I still love what I do. So the best thing, keep on keeping on. Mm. Keep on keeping on. It's been great talking with you. Been awesome, Larry. Thank you for your time, your energy, and just bringing your full heart to this call. I am profoundly inspired to never give up myself, and I hope everyone, I know everyone listening in, is profoundly inspired by the amazing Larry King. Oh, and my, my honor. Yeah, it's been great. Pleasure time. working with you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bless you, Larry. Everyone, I told you this was going to be a really special interview uh, as we begin wrapping up our super bonus day with the one and only uh, legend icon, Larry King. As you know, the secret to success, we're exploring all angles. We're exploring 
different perspectives. We're exploring, explore, exploring different practices. And uh, I hope that you've been taking notes from this uh, interview with Larry King. Larry's a man who's achieved a lot of success by any standards uh, in his career. And uh, I trust you've been inspired. One of the things I've taken away from uh, this interview with Larry is the insatiable curiosity. I think many times we get to a stage in our lives and we we get comfortable. And one thing I've really learned from Larry is uh, I'm amazed that 80, I think he said he's 82 years old, is his curiosity is off the charts. And uh, I really got, wow, I need to get more curious. So I invite you to get curious, uh, take on Larry's challenge, listen to the interview again, uh, write your goals down, write your intentions down. I would love to hear from each of you and hear what you received from this amazing interview with with the legend Larry King. Write to me and share with me some of your key takeaways. It's been great hanging with you. It's been an amazing, amazing week, part of the Secret to Success Summit. We're going to keep the interviews up live so that you can digest them and we listen to some of these interviews over the upcoming days. Uh, we're going to give you some time to digest and we listen. You can also keep sharing these interviews uh, I invite you to share about the Secret to Success Summit with your friends so that if they haven't had the chance to listen to this amazing week of transformation and insights, uh, practical knowledge, they're able to partake in that over the upcoming days. It's not too late. www.thesecrettosuccesssummit.com. Share that with everyone you know. Uh, it's been great journeying with you. Uh, I look forward to... to checking in with you and taking it deeper in my next intensive session coming up shortly and uh, we have another super bonus for you in about a week's time sending love everyone look forward to hearing from you signing out from this amazing interview with Larry King on the Secret to Success Summit Success School bless you all love now if you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.